Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the main event. You're back with me, Daniel. And Aaron. I've noticed that I change my name every time I do these. I swip, swipping? Swapping between Dan and Daniel. Be Danny next week. Um, We've got a group B preview for everyone right now. Are you excited, Aaron? I am. I'm very excited. First Italian team. Get a show off. Yeah, our uh, Italian correspondent. Um, <laughs> Benny. Yeah, because you're Benny. <laughs> Forza Italia. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we've got a group B to go through right now. Um, we'll go through transfers, some form, who's been playing, who would we, who would we recommend getting in on these teams. Uh, in an, another interesting group, quite an even group, uh, outside of the dominance that is Hala Madrid. Uh and I'm excited, obviously, to hear your insight on Inter Milan because you do watch a lot of Serie A football. And it's good not just have, you know, statistics, but I do like an eye test. So um, let's get started. The first team is Gladbach. Again, you know, in terms of major players in and out, there's not too much going on. They've uh, lost Strubble, who was sort of um, part of the furniture in CDM. And they brought in a new right-back in Scali. They brought in Wolf at uh, central attacking midfield. And they've also brought in a familiar face in Lazaro in right midfield, who played for our team Newcastle last season. So we know a little bit about him. Don't get him. <laughs> <I'd say. laughs> uh, he, he seems like a nice lad and he started okay for us, but didn't light the world on fire. He was all right. Like, yeah. Uh, I wouldn't fancy him in the Champions League group, though. Uh, they've had... An all right start of the season. Um, they did. They have lost 3-0 to Dortmund, and I think that's the most important fixture to focus on. Since losing 3-0 to Dortmund, they've drawn 1-1, one, one, uh, won 3-1. Uh, the issue is really a lot of teams haven't played enough games to get like a really good like set of data on them. So trying to figure this out can be quite tough. It's mainly, I think, for this team, looking at who plays regularly so you can make an informed decision for your budget players. Um, Sommer is their starting goalkeeper. He's an excellent goalkeeper. He really, really is. He's been fantastic for Switzerland over the years. Um, and in terms of a keeper that could get save points over clean sheets. And to be fair, I think even in this group, I don't think there's a lot of goals in it. In uh, maybe probably the biggest goal threat, perhaps Shakhtar can be quite sporadic. Real Madrid, second top goal scorer Sergio Ramos every season since Ronaldo's left. So um, yeah, I, Summer could be a, a tidy little shout. Um, but yeah, they've sort of been mixing and matching. Elvedi's played all three games. Ginter's played all three games. Lena's played all three games, but they've played in different positions. So Lena's swapped from left back to right back. Did score in the last game at right back, though, in a 3 1 win. Um, Ginter's moved from right back into central defence now. Uh, Elvedi has just played centre back. Uh, yeah, so they have been jumping around. Maybe. Uh, if you want to take a punt, Lena is the one that looks like he scored. But 
it's 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 just tough because obviously they've, they've got beat three and a half Dortmund. They played a three four three, and then they've moved to a four two three one. Now, have they moved to a four two three one because they got beat off Dortmund? Just because they got beaten, they thought that's not working. Or did they specifically put in a three four three because they were playing Dortmund, and that's likely what we could see? It's a little bit up in the air, really. I'd probably go with out of all of them, Lena. Um, just because he plays as a as a wing back or a or a full back, that's what I'd go with. Um, Kramer Neuhaus have played all three games, but looking at other players, Hoffman didn't play against Dortmund, but since coming in, he's played two games and got three assists. Stindl is the penalty taker, so if you want to take a punt on Stindl, but not really for me. Turam, uh, Nathan mentioned him last week. Uh, a real handful up front, but he's been playing out on the wing. Scored in a 1-1 draw after the Dortmund defeat. And uh, yeah, Hoffman played up front against Dortmund instead of midfield. Uh, since then, Play has moved up front, got a goal in the last game. So looking at it, it's tough. It's re- this is like a really difficult team to sort of decipher because the formation that they went from a three four three to four two three one in itself is problematic because we've got no data before it, like other than friendlies, which I'm not looking at because people can do anything in friendlies. Um, Hoffman at seven million seems to be the most nailed on shout because whatever way you look at it. He's playing, he's playing in an advanced role and he's getting attacking returns. But they're 11th in the Bundesliga. Like I say, like three or four games being played. It's so difficult to look at this team and understand them. What I do feel confident with is that I, I, I can't really see them getting a hiding of any of these teams in the group. If you compare that 3 0 to Dortmund, you know, against the teams in this group, do these teams pose more of attack and threat than Dortmund? I think the answer is no. Personally, mm-hmm. Inter obviously might cause a few problems. They do have some world-class strikers, particularly uh, Lataro Martinez and Lukaku was in good form last year. Um, and they've got play- people who attack you from different positions, which we'll talk about later. So yeah, Tough one for Munching Gladbach. I'll personally, when there's 32 teams to choose from and I'm allowed 15 players, we won't be going anywhere near them. No, I agree. It's gonna it's gonna be hard to try and pick a player from Munching Gladbach. Probably not worth picking a team from there for right now until we get more data. Yeah. Moving on to Inter Milan. So Inter Milan. I'm uh, sorry, Aaron. Uh, sorry. Could you do all this in an Italian accent, please? No. <laughs> uh, so Inter Milan, they... Antonio Conte, I think, is the first thing we need to talk about. Very, very good system coach. He has a system. He knows what players fit that system. And his man management comes into question a lot. We saw that at Chelsea. We saw that in Italy. We've seen at Juventus, he likes a good moan and he likes a good wine. 
So any chance he gets, he's going to do that. Inter Milan have bought and have been very active in the transfer market since he's been there. But yet when he gets the chance, he'll always whine about Juventus having more money and more power in the transfer market. And, and, and so it's hard to read, but he's a serial winner. And I think because of that, they are putting all their focus on the Italian league this year. Um, <clears throat> the thing that comes with that and the reason why I brought that up is because when you look at Inter Milan, the first thing you see if you look on news or like recent Inter Milan mentions in the news, it's all about players wanting to leave and being unhappy. So you've got Ericsson, who is now kicking up a huge fuss that he didn't get to leave, doesn't play him, which is, for me, seeing him in the Premier League and seeing what he's capable of is madness. But Ericsson has been very, very bad for Inter Milan. Yeah. Uh, and for, like I said, Antonio Conte's system, Ericsson just doesn't fit it. I think it was just to fit a name in there and say, look, this is what we're doing to try and keep up with Juventus. Fans, give us a break. I honestly think that was the reason. I don't think it's anything other than that because so if you are an English listener, if you are a Spurs fan, don't fall into the Ericsson trap. He doesn't play. And again, it's all about players who didn't move. Lautaro Martinez, he talks, he's said in multiple interviews that Barcelona never gave him an offer. So his mind is elsewhere. And you've got Ashley Young, who's looking to come back to England to finish his career. Yeah. And so you've got multiple players wanting to leave. But Antonio Conte, he's not really going to deal with them. If you're not performing well on the pitch, you're not in the team. Yeah. And so they're just going to get worse. And he doesn't mind that there's a bit of arguments in the in the background. He just, it, it, as long as he wins. And so something that I find interesting is that Inter Milan and Shakhtar are in the same group. They faced each other in the Europa League semi-final last season. So we have recent evidence of them facing each other. Inter Milan yeah. won 5-0. So that's going to be something to look out for. In terms of this season, uh, I think their biggest acquisition, in my opinion, is Akimi from, from Dortmund. Uh, well, technically from Real Madrid. And in two in just over two games, because the first game he came on as a substitute, he has a goal and two assists. Yeah. So Hakimi for six million. He was a he was a mainstay in a lot of people's teams last year. He looks like he could be that again this year. And Lukaku and Martinez have both scored three goals in three games. Lukaku scored two in one game, but Martinez has scored in every game so far. Yeah. So he's more consistent. Got an assist as well in that first game. Yeah. So. Yeah, it is he's just solid. Um Perisic is quite pricey. Um, but he's getting played in a wing back role. So he's technically a midfielder playing in defense. So he, although he has the ability and has got an assist already this season, he's probably not someone I would spend that much money on. 
And if you are going to buy anyone from Inter Milan, Hakimi, Ashley Young is very trusted by Conte and has he's played every game so far on the left or the right. He has come on as a sub uh, in the last game against Lazio, but that was to try and attack Lazio rather than him trying to defend. His system is all based around getting the ball to the front two as quickly as it can. So to be honest, Hakimi, Lukaku, Martinez, probably the only three players that you should be looking at. And they are premium options because the whole team is based around them doing well. So. Yeah. I've got written down Hakimi, Martinez, Lukaku at 11 and a half. He's 11 and a half, I think, Lukaku, I think. I think he's 11, um, but... Is he 11? Real quick. When you've Same got thing, players... He's more, he's more expensive than, than Martinez. Martinez. And Martinez is 10 and a half. My issue is... Martinez, I don't think I would. I don't think I would captain Martinez. A ten and a half. It's a loss to not captain someone. Um, you get, ultimately, we can only have three forwards, and in a world of Haaland, Lewandowski, Ronaldo, Martinez, Lukaku, Le- like there's just so many strikers in this game, and you've got to balance your team out. So, I think Martinez is going to be a huge differential. If you have a game plan where you want to rotate premium forwards, which is something that I'm looking into to target fixtures, Martinez against Shakhtar could be a great shout. But is he going to be great for all of these games? Not entirely sure. Hakimi um, will be in my team at 6 million. Um, I'm the type of player that likes three premium defenders at the three different price points. So like, Six and a half, six, five and a half, something like that. And then two, four millions that play that if if anything happens, it can just get us a couple of points if you know if my other gambles don't work out. Um and Hakimi, I think, is going to be my six million option at the, at the minute he's in there. It's a pain. We'll get on to Real Madrid in a minute, but it's just a pain because there are five premium defenders that I really want. And obviously just can't afford five premium defenders. Uh, we talked about one in the last podcast, which was uh, Kimmich at six and a half playing central attack in midfield, some games in central defensive midfield, getting goals. Um, going to talk one about one shortly. Ramos scoring goals, being the penalty taker in a good defensive team. You've got Hakimi here. And then we've got a couple of wing backs from a certain Italian team to talk about in another podcast. Um but yeah, Hakimi, someone that at the minute is in there. It's just trying to f- figure out the funds. Martinez is... It's weird. Martinez is more consistent and I like him. I think he's a better player than Lukaku. But I think if you want to captain one, Lukaku's a bit more explosive. Mm-hmm. I think if someone's going to grab a brace or a hat rick, it's probably Lukaku. So is it worth the extra million or however much it is when Messi's 12 and... His group looks absolutely quality. And then you've got Haaland, whose group looks absolutely quality. And then what do you go for? Do you go for three full premiums? Do you, people want Lewandowski, 12, 12 and a half million, whatever he is. How do we fit these players in? I think a really good middle ground is Hakimi in defense. Mm-hmm. And with the potential of getting clean sheets, especially against, you know, Munchen Gladbach, who aren't exactly proven to score loads of goals. 
Real Madrid, who are a fantastic team, but I don't think they're going to give anyone a good hiding. And we've already said they kept a clean sheet against Shakhtar in the Europa League. Not to say that that's going to happen again, but, you know, with the evidence being there from last last year, why not go with that? They've not kept a clean sheet this season so far. But, um, that, like I said, that may change. They've, they've messed around with the defence a little bit. They've brought in a few players. They've sold a few players. So Gordon's gone. Um, or Godin, because uh, he's just getting on a bit, wasn't he? Valero in central midfield, João Mario hold midfielder, Candreva on the right side, Moses at right back's now gone. And it seems like they've brought in some some good fits to replace him in Hakimi. Obviously, Perisic is back on loan. Uh, sorry, back from loan. Sensi's in centre midfield. They've brought in uh, Pinamonti as a centre forward who's never going to play, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they've also bought players who are really getting on and Vidal and Holden midfield and Kolarov who was a left back but I think's playing centre back for them. Yeah for he'll play he'll play centre he'll play the left side centre back. So yes. that if if Ashley Young or Perisic attack he would move out to the to the left back spot. So yeah he he'd be more centre back for them. It's worth noting that um don't know how to pronounce his name. Is it Shrina? 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 Shrina, yeah. He, uh, he has COVID. So I think he, it was just a couple of days ago. Um, So he'll be out for probably the first game. Just due to, uh, obviously, he's going to have to quarantine for 10 or 14 days, whatever it is. And then hope that he doesn't have any symptoms still. And he probably won't be training. His fitness levels will probably lower a little bit. So he might not be ready. Um. De Vrij is definitely their best centre back. Yeah, and he plays the middle of the three, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. And then you've got Kolarov, Bastoni, and uh, D'Ambrosio. Ambrosio scored as well. So, but again, I, I think we're obviously going around in circles a little bit because I just don't think would recommend one of those centre backs. Regardless, just go for Hakimi if you want an inter defender. Maybe Handanovic because he might get save points. I had Handanovic as one of my rotating keepers last year. I'll be honest. I th- Think I regretted it. I don't think he kept many clean sheets. He had a hot bit of a harder group, but I wanted I wanted save points, and I don't think he kept many of them either. Um, no. Um, something that I thought was quite interesting is that they've got Nangolan back from loan as well. They've got Asamoah. They've got Brozovic. They've got now Aturo Vidal, and these are a lot of CDMs and. You've got Sensi who plays in there. He's a bit more attacking, but it, yeah. it, it it's a lot. Oh, uh, you've got Gagliardini. Yeah, yeah it's a, a and a five-two win a couple of games ago. Gagliardini. It, it, it's one of them teams where at any moment they can just change their whole team. So that's why I'd stick to the mainstays. It, just them three players that we mentioned before. Don't get tempted unless we start to see consistency. But yeah. like I said, this is a team where they're aiming to just get past the group stage, but put everything into winning the league. And just the fact that they've got so much depth in every position shows that they're going to do that. They're going to just rotate when they need to, to try and win the league. That's what, that's their main goal. Yeah. On Real Madrid... The Royals of Madrid. 
So it's been an interesting start of the season against for Real Madrid, top of La Liga. Good for them. Um, started off a bit slowly, drew the first game of their season nil nil, uh, and then they've won every game since three two one nil two nil. Shown that in three out of four games they've kept clean sheets. So defensively, they're looking really strong. And in a team where we're not in a group, sorry, where we're not too sure if goals are going to be exactly forthcoming, I think there could be a bit of value in their defence. Transfers out mainly, as we all know, Gareth Bale. Obviously, they've had a few transfers out, but the players that the transferred out weren't really playing. Gareth Bale was the only one that really threatened to start. Um, they've got Adria Zola back at right back. Um, and they've got Odegaard back from loan as well, who's played a few games. Injury-wise, Carver Hall's out. He's out until December. Um, he's done in he, his medial collateral ligament. Hazard's out again with a muscle injury for the first game. Militao's got a knock. Um, not too sure how long he's going to be out for. I think it's until around about the first game. So maybe won't be quite fit enough for it. Um and Tony Cross has had an has had a muscle injury. So he's not featured in some of these games, but that's because he's been injured. It's likely that now he's back, he's going to be playing. Um looking at these players, there are a couple of standouts. Obviously, Benzema. But for his price, there's no way I'm going next to a person that ceiling is a goal a game. And is more than likely to... Oh, it's not a goal a game, it's a goal every other game. And that is more than likely to just get an assist. He's just far too expensive. Uh, looking at sort of the defensive options, first of all, I wouldn't go for a right-back. Carvajal's out. Audrey Azola and Nacho have both played at right-back since Carvajal's uh, got injured. Marcelo and Mendy rotated a little bit, but Mendy does seem the first choice left back. Marcelo's only played one of the games. Varane and Ramos have played every game. And for me, there is only one choice in that back four. If you want to go Courtois and goal, great. If you want a premium goalkeeper. But I think Ramos being the penalty taker and such a threat from set pieces anyway with his head, it would be crazy not to have him if you wanted a Real Madrid defender. Absolutely crazy. Again, the amount of goals he scores in a season is ridiculous. He's their most clutch player. Like, I think even when Ronaldo was there, he was their most clutch player. Like, when they needed something, it was just get a corner and let Ramos bully people. But with the prospect of clean sheets abound with this Real Madrid team in the group stages... The, with the start of the season, with the end of last season, clean sheets are at a premium and it's so hard to predict anyone to have clean sheets. And I think even people that played FPL want a no illusion that even a team like Liverpool probably weren't going to keep lots of clean sheets, but they got in you know, three of their back four for attacking returns. I think Ramos is equally as likely as any of them to get an attacking return because he takes penalties and his... Van Dyke-like threat from set pieces. But I think Real Madrid are more likely to keep clean sheets and are probably the most likely team to keep a clean sheet out of out of every team, probably. Maybe if you look at Barcelona's group, 
they got incredibly fortunate with their group and for a team that's in transition and not been fantastic at the moment they could probably consider themselves a bit fortunate so maybe there but other than that that's where I'd look to go and if you're looking for attacking players Modric, Valverde, Cruz, Casemiro it seems to be a rotation between the three of those four in the middle Valverde is the only one of those that scored this season or I think got an assist um, Vinicius Junior is looking in good form. He's got two goals in the last two games. At eight million, that's a punt. To be honest, in a team that doesn't score that many goals, but it seems like he's more of the talisman than Benzema. Uh, Rodrigo seven and a half came off the bench and got an assist. That's probably a, a bit too much for me. But he did have that game last season where he scored a hat-trick in the Champions League and caught everyone off guard. Furlan Mendy's five and a half. But I think his... If you look at him on an eye test, his stats, I think, um, are a bit misleading. He gets forward a lot. But I rarely see much end product. When he's on the ball driving, he's more of a person that gets them up the pitch and facilitates others opposed to you know, he never looks like that player that's going to get the assist or the goal. So five and a half million, I think that's a pretty penny to pay. I, I wouldn't be going for it. Like I say, for me, the player that I'm looking at in this Real Madrid team is solely Ramos personally. But like I say, it's everyone's it's everyone's own thought processes. Jovic has played a couple of games, but not had a return. Uh, so I wouldn't bank on him doing anything in the Champions League. The team doesn't play around him like like they did in his former team, where he had uh, he had players around him facilitating his finishing and his ability. That doesn't work at Real Madrid. It's just not happening for him. And the midfielders, just for me, they don't scream goals. I think if you get on one, you need to stick with them because the likelihood is one of them will get a goal in the group stage. Like they'll get one goal each. And if you jump around, you're going to miss it. No, that's smart. And with Real Madrid as well, like we were saying before in the in the previous episode, a preview in Group A, that the local Moscow penalty taker is six million, and, and that was like a punt. The fact that we've got a penalty kick taker here for 6.5 yeah, in a team that's going to be more attacking, who is expected to, to win this group. And like, I just don't understand. Even if he does have that red card potential, like at any moment. <laughs> um, <laughs> at any time. His, his red card record's not been anywhere near as dreadful the last couple of years. And I know he got sent off in the... <laughs> In the Champions League game, I said, and I think we called it as well. I think oh, Ramos will get sent off anyway on one of the podcasts. Um, but he's playing against some supreme attacking talent in that Man City team. And also, it wasn't entirely his fault. He was covering for other players, having a bit of a nightmare in that game uh, positionally. And he's been forced to make a challenge. Um, so I. Yeah, as much as we all joke about Ramos's red card record, I think 
against the teams that he's got in this group, touch wood, he's going to be fine on that front. So the last team in the group, Shakhtar, uh, Inter Milan's whipping boys from the Europa League last year. What we got about them? So they kind of like a modest start. They've played five games in their in their league, but they've also had their Super Cup game. And the Super Cup game was the only game that they've lost to Dynamo Kiev, which is not a Champions League team. I think they lost in the playoffs. But Shakhtar yeah. are just... We've seen them in the Champions League over the last few years. They kind of just push for third. They don't really... They can be a difficult game, especially when you have to travel down to to go and play them. I, I, but I don't think that they, they provide too much threat. You've got the typical players like Tyson, who a lot of people fall for because he was previously linked to big teams. The fact that he's still there kind of says that you just he hasn't really done much. Yeah, over- one assist in his last four games. And there's better options, in my opinion, for because the most expensive player on this team is 7.5, and he's the striker, uh, Junior Moraes. Yeah. Um, and One so, goal in his last four games. Mm-hmm. So, like, the thing is with this team so far this season is that they've shared around the goals and the assists. There's not, like, one person who's grabbing it all. So it's kind of hard from a fantasy perspective to hone in on which player to pick. And so I would only be looking at this team for budget options. And I wouldn't be looking at the 7.5. I wouldn't be looking at the sevens. Just if you just do it to try and enable someone. So pick their four millions, uh, pick their 4.5s from defense. I think the only midfielder who has probably done something recently is Dentinio, 5.5, and he scored one goal. So, like, he he would probably be someone who you'd have... You what, sorry? I don't even have him on my list. Is that his, is that his name in the game? I've got a player, because I've got a player from midfield called uh, Kovalenko. Yeah, so he's there. Dentinio scored... Um, I mean, he's on the game now, I don't know. Um, oh, he has. He's gone the two-two. I do have him. I do have him. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> um, he's five point five. Again, I would probably just look for the budget options, who are probably going to just pick you up two points if someone like got yellow carded or conceded a lot of goals. Yeah, I would just sub him out to get the two points back. Like I wouldn't have him. For any, like I wouldn't have high expectations for this team. There's just, I mean, it's good from a team perspective that they're sharing around everything, but from a fantasy perspective, it's hard to pick the one player who's going to do something. So, yeah, I agree. There's um, but they are in good form in the Ukrainian Super League. But it's again, it's it's Ukrainian Super League. Would expect them to be doing better. Dodo at right back, four and a half million. He's played every game. If you're going to go for a defender, just go with him. Konienko um, had played every game, but he got subbed off for Dentinho, and then Dentinho scored. Um, but Konienko has got an assist this season, but like, 
broken clocks right twice a day, so goodness knows. But Kovalenko is the player that I saw, five and a half million. He plays central attacking midfield and he's got two goals in his last two games. Um, that is literally as far as I would take it. Um, Matt Vienko is actually, sorry, a centre-back that's played every game, four and a half million as well. So if you're looking for a defender, Dodo, uh, Matt Vienko, four and a half million each. I personally wouldn't because I can't see a single game where they'll keep a clean sheet. Like, because what I want to look for is either four million, don't care, great. Whatever they get is good for me, the two pointers. Or if I'm looking at a four and a half, I want to at least target one game where, whether that be, you know, I'm picking a third seed team playing the fourth team or the fourth seed team playing the third seed, something like that, for example. Um, yeah, I, I, so for me, I don't want a fourth. Were they fourth seeds in this group? Um, yeah, maybe like maybe Munching Gladbach, maybe, but I think that's a bit disrespectful to them because Munching Gladbach seem like like a better team than Shakhtar. We've yeah, seen think, them get. Sorry to interrupt. I think Shakhtar was seed three. Were they? Munching Gladbach were four. Was seed. Well, there you go. Exactly. If I've got more confidence in the fourth seeded team and the third seeded team, because I think these will, well, not spoiler, I think these will finish bottom of. Um, I don't really want to be going in their defenders, even if they're probably not going to get like a massive hiding. But then again, like I said, contradiction myself because in a Milan beat them 5 0 last year. Uh, the one player, like I say, that would interest people would be Kovalenko because he's five and a half million. So why not? If you've got the budget for him. Pretty much. So Aaron, what is your prediction for the group? How is this one going to go top to bottom? So I think that, so top Real Madrid. Yep. Uh, I think that's just expected. And I remember saying in the last podcast that I think Inter Milan will not like will be disappointing. So I'm going to keep with that. I think much and glad back will get second into Milan third, Shakhtar fourth, just to stay consistent and be wrong in all of the podcasts instead of wishy-washy. Oh, I've gone for, um, yeah, Real Madrid finished top. I I don't even, I don't think they'll lose a game. I think they might get a draw and then probably just win everything else. Um, then Inter, then Munching Gladbach for the Europa League spot. And I think Shakhtar finished last. I think Shakhtar is a team that benefit, and it's going to be the same. It's going to be the same for the the Turkish teams, the Russian teams, the teams that benefit from home supporters because the partisan crowd really affect the away team, and they can create such a hostile environment that when you take that away, the fear is gone from the team going there. The thing that the the worst element is probably just going to be the freezing cold weather in the midst of winter in Ukraine and Russia. Um, so maybe that's something to think about. But other than that, my issue with this group is there are no captains in this group. No. There is not one player in this group that I want to captain. Um, except for maybe... Hakimi against Shakhtar, if you wanted. If they play on a Monday, if they play on a Tuesday, it 
and you want the puntiest of punts to try and like get an upside. And there is a good, like, let's say you've got, I don't know. I, I haven't looked at the fixtures yet in terms of where the land, but for example, you've got like Messi against Ferencaros at home or something or away on the Wednesday and Hakimi's playing against Shakhtar on the Tuesday. That's what the Tuesday punts for. If you've got your captain choice for the week that you set out and it's on a Wednesday, risk the Tuesday. We did that with Ilicic last year and he scored four goals. We had our captain choice fixed for the Wednesday. We knew that was our captain. So who could we, who could we take a punt on on the Tuesday? And we, we got lucky with it. Like that's what I'm looking to do again this season. Take risky captain choices on a Tuesday when my first choice captain is playing on a Wednesday. Like if my first choice captain is playing on a Tuesday, I'm going with them. I'm not just going to take a risk for the sake of it. Yeah, no, definitely. It, it, it works. It's a good tactic for us. And like we said before in previous podcasts, we're not experts. We just love the Champions League. We love football. We're just presenting you with the facts. It's up to you what you do with them. Yeah, absolutely. And we're just doing this research for you because one, it helps us. But two, we hope that it helps you in return. And yeah, we want you to win your mini leagues and we want you to do well. Not if you're in the same mini league as me. We don't want you to win. Don't want anyone else to win that. Um, yeah, we, we aren't really bothered about winning. What's a prize again this year, Aaron? Another well, PlayStation 2 and FIFA. Um, yes. It's sponsored by PlayStation 5, so the, price is, uh, the prize is probably going to be like a PlayStation 3. Yeah, and makes FIFA, sense. And FIFA, FIFA 18. PlayStation 5, that's actually a good prize for ones. Yeah, I don't even, yeah, I don't even know of a... We'll do a, I think we'll probably do an episode where we go through all the rules again and we'll probably look at the prizes then and take the nick out of them as we did last year. But <laughs> thanks for listening, everyone. That's Group B done. Um, we will have our next podcast out for Group C very shortly. So we'll look forward to seeing you then. Take care and best of luck. Bye.